Measure Twice, the show that helps you envision your home's potential. I'm Rob Perugini. I'm here with Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors, Joel Graber from Graber Customer Modeling, and Todd Zeiger from Indiana Landmarks, a special guest today. We're going to talk about making old new. Maybe that's just my point of view of that, right. but at least making old better. better. How's that? Joel? And still look like, and still look old? Is this your hero sitting to your left here? Well, I mean, I don't know if he's my hero, but I, I do appreciate what he does. Well, the way you're looking at him. I like <laughs> I'm not trying not to make it obvious. <laughs> no hammer jokes, please. Yeah. <laughs> but Joel often talks about like walking into barns and redoing them and old houses. Matter of fact, we can't get him to stop yammering on, Todd, about that stuff. <laughs> well, they are, they're thing. a real passion for a lot of folks. Uh, old houses bring a lot of attraction to people, a lot of personality, and, and the history that connects them to their, their previous generations uh, is just a universal thing we see in a lot of historic houses. You know, I guess we're in an area that is wrought with historic houses. As a matter of fact, you might be driving by a historic house and not even not even notice or know unless you're you're into it you know the the nave public you know will drives by and they don't see it but i just have a feeling with the group i'm in here between todd chris and joel you get like a sixth sense you drive by a house you're like oh my god look at that that's (laughs) you have a tendency to pick up on it it's not as much as like if you're on the east coast or something but there's a decent amount around here. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, South Bend's 150th uh, birthday coming up here this year, and, and South Bend has a huge collection of historic districts on the National Register and local historic houses and, and just really great vintage neighborhoods, and what a great stock of houses to, to build from. Uh, before we go any further, Todd, why don't you just um, give us give us a little bio on you. Where What is it that, that you do, and tell us a little bit about uh, Indiana Landmarks. Well, I'm very fortunate. I've always known I've wanted to work on old houses and save them from a very young age. And it came from traveling, uh, looking around the country and recognizing old buildings here and there and wanting to know more about that. And I work for Indiana Landmarks, been with the organization now for a little over 21 years. I'm the director of the Northern Regional Office in uh, Northern Indiana, which just means I get to cover the northern third of Indiana and uh, work with uh, homeowners and private commercial properties, and pretty much if it's an older vintage property and somebody needs some help with it, uh, Indiana Landmarks, we're glad to get involved. We uh, work statewide, uh, but we are a not-for-profit group, uh, started in 1960 out of Indianapolis. And so uh, we have a, a group of regional offices, eight offices around the state, uh, to get the to help out to the historic homeowners where they live. So when you say help homeowners, um well, like, tell us a little bit about that. If I had a, a home that I thought needed restoration, <laughs> would you come in and say, no, Rob, it, it was built in 1995. That's- <laughs> probably aren't going to do a whole lot with the 1995 houses, but uh, 1895 certainly, and uh, even all the way up into the 1960s, believe it or not, now mid-century properties are really a hot topic in historic preservation. So if you have a mid-century ranch, uh, don't don't discount that, especially in Indiana, these limestone ranches. But uh, yeah, technical assistance, we get calls all the time from folks that they have ideas how they want to work on a property, don't really know where to start. Uh, and we do that for free for our members. We are a ma- membership group, have about 8,000 members across the state now. And uh, so, you know, looking for good contractors like uh, Graber Construction and, and others, uh, needing good ideas on how to work on, on properties. Sometimes people have good ideas, but maybe are misplaced on how the best approach is to a historic house and try to make it something that it isn't. And so uh, we really try and work with people to uh, maybe fix it first before you rip it out and replace it. And uh, if you have to replace it, Maybe try and work with what it was originally uh, and 
the material. So just a lot of experience in, in helping folks out with their older houses. We're talking to Todd Zeiger from Indiana Landmarks, and it's really interesting to be in this room because the with you because when I mean I'm grow, growing up, I was a history buff. Uh, I always joke with these guys. My mom never took me on a vacation that I wasn't to like Fort Ticonderoga or something, or Betsy <laughs> Ross's house. Yeah, everybody's at the beach. I'm learning how to knit a flag. But what it did is it ingrained that the fact that there is history and. The closest history to you, besides your family, is your dwelling, like where mm-hmm. you live. Even if you move into somebody else's house, but if it's 150 years old, you're tied to something deeper um, than just being a voter in your district. You're, it's actually part, it's, you, you've become ingrained in the community. Do you run into a lot of people that are super history buffs? or How do people usually get a hold of these houses? Well, they get a hold of them in a variety of ways, just buying them. They happen to like the neighborhood. Um, I call it the fingerprints of time. You're, you, the fingerprints of the folks who lived in those properties before you, they stay. And they touch that house. And, and you, by owning that property, are connected immediately to them. And folks are attracted to these vintage neighborhoods. They are mature trees. They just have the character that you just don't find in the newer subdivisions just because of time and, and really the quality of construction. Um, and, and you dig into these properties and the size of the two by fours and the type of wall material and, and all of those details are, are far more uh, superior constructed than a lot of new homes sometimes just because of the type of materials they had that that old growth lumber you just can't buy anymore. And so those fingerprints, they, they are there, and people are just naturally attracted to them uh, if they have an affinity to older houses. And and you, you were mentioning you know, going to these historic sites, Betsy Ross's house, George Washington's home. Those are great, and that's how people sometimes get first attracted to them. But it is right down the street. There are vintage houses everywhere you look and in your own neighborhood, and, and they're closer. It's not just the George Washington slept here houses that are important. It's it's the back ground of our of our city uh that make them special mm-hmm. so do you ever run into um houses that are historically significant let's say meaning george washington did sleep there so absolutely like one of the recent projects we did was a home in south bend the kaiser house it was all kind of many people had toured that's a big stone house downtown south bend that uh, we worked with the city to save and kaiser was a huge influence in the the founding of our city um Kopsha home studebaker i mean all these properties people are aware of and they are well known very uh well recognized historic houses uh and, ju- and justifiably so uh, we we get our passion that way but we also get our passion as much by working with private property owners people and just the everyday vintage houses that are out there um it, it, it the, the variety really makes a big difference so you said you were membership-driven, uh, again, talking with Todd Zeiger from Indiana Landmarks. You're membership-driven. How do, do you have to have a vintage house to be a member? Oh, heck no. We take your membership no matter what you own. Uh, <laughs> I just have to agree not. Yeah, no, they do not want your money if you don't have a, if you don't have a historical I'll have to check with our membership folks if they've ever sent the check back from a demolition contractor. But... Uh, um, <laughs> That's no, we, we, we really value any members, people who have a passion for historic houses, even if they don't happen to own a vintage property. Uh, we welcome that and the wide variety of personalities and folks that have different interests. Not everybody's interested in an old Queen Anne house. Some people like, as I mentioned, ranches. It takes that a variety of, of members and, and interests. So we welcome anyone to, to be a member. Well, one thing that I would ask, because when I, when I do deal with these types of homes, one of the things that people gripe about is 
historical, <laughs> the historical entities that they have to deal with that make it difficult for them. So how are you guys different from something that's m- maybe government-run or some of these other organizations that almost tie people's hands and make it difficult to actually preserve the properties? Yeah, there's a variety of designations on historic properties, so it's always a matter of digging into what it is that they're talking about with that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landmarks, we're a private organization, um, and we provide that sort of technical assistance and help guide folks through that process. And I think a lot of times people get sideways with, you know, say, design guides in a historic district because they're, they started off really in the wrong path to begin with. And so sometimes what we can do is work with that property owner and say, well, we understand what you're trying to do, but let's go this other direction that might make it easier to get get the approvals that you're trying to get. Or So what I find is that folks get frustrated because they walk in and haven't really thought through what they're trying to do or they have a preconceived notion. And a lot of times we can help them think through that before they go through the, the process to get approvals, and that makes it a little smoother. Um, Oftentimes, they, they have ideas of things that they want to do. They think they have to take something out when repairing it would be cheaper. Um, and so just walking people through different options that they don't even know exist that you can get things on the market. So it, it we're, we're a resource for folks. They don't have to talk to us, um, but we are certainly glad to work with folks to help them out that way. Do you also – well, so, so you work with the private individual. Who, what, who else do you work with then? We work with city agencies. We work with commercial property owners. Uh, today, I'm going down to Huntington to work with the mayor on some buildings in their downtown that are in danger. So it pretty much, if it's a vintage property and it needs some assistance uh, from an advocacy standpoint or just technical assistance, we'll get involved with that. Advocacy, you're saying not to tear it down. Correct. It's uh, always easier to restore a building if it's still standing. And so advocacy to keep them from being demolished uh, is one of the things we do. Uh, trying to find new new ways to repurpose properties it it runs the full full spectrum what makes it endangered is it the uh is it in bad shape just yeah properties end up on our 10 most endangered list a whole variety of ways they could be properties such as the ones in south bend that have just big code issues where the property owners in the past haven't been able to keep up with whatever need to be done um the roof on the church for example the slate was falling onto the onto the street, which was kind of a problem. Um, (laughs) So they put a fence around that. And and luckily, the owner's putting a new slate roof on, but it still remains empty and unused. And so in the Lafayette building behind it has been vacant for some time. The roof is leaking. But they're really important, key, large properties downtown. And to lose those for a parking lot would be a tragedy and really not necessary. So we get involved and start thinking about new purposes for those buildings, try and have a conversation with the owner all the way through purchase and uh, work to find developers to do projects like that. So it runs the gamut from homes through commercial and residential. So I guess uh, that project called Victory Green. Uh, Vintage Green Vintage in South Green. Bend. Why do I Absolutely. Want to call it I don't know. <laughs> well, it'll be a victory when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I only have had one half cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, Vintage Green is a workshop. It's a project house. And the goal here is to provide an opportunity for people to make mistakes on our house so they don't make them on theirs. And so we have a, a vintage property, an old Queen Anne-style house in downtown on Chapin Street, right near the, the History Museum, uh, Studebaker. And uh, we purchased that out of foreclosure last year. And we're taking that house from start to finish. And by next June, we'll put it on the market for sale. So part of the advocacy, then, is outreach into the community. Because if somebody's willing to do this project, they're probably going to be willing to support what you advocate. 
Is that, do you yeah, think that's, that's, that's part of it. Uh, absolutely. The more folks that are engaged with us, the more they're likely to be members and be part of the, the effort on historic preservation. Vintage Green, the project house, really will, is to teach DIY. Um, how do you fix the wood siding on your house? What's the best way to get a good paint job on it? How do you work on the kitchen, electrical, plumbing? All the things from start to finish uh, each month, we have a different topic workshop that uh, we're trying to promote. Uh, interior design, how do we repurpose uh, interiors as we move forward? Do people like to have their floor plans a different way today? And that's fine. Um, how do we identify the things that are the most important in the house and what really doesn't matter? So it really is an idea to have folks teach them how to work on their homes smartly and with an eye towards sustainability, which is the idea behind vintage, which is the old house, and then green, which is is the sustainability side. So everything we do, uh, we do it with an eye towards green. Again, we're talking with Todd Zeiger from Indiana Landmarks. The vintage greenhouse then accomplishes a lot. If I'm a DIYer, do I have to own a vintage house to be involved with your vintage green? Does it, Do I have to be in that movement, or will you what you show me work? In a normal house. <laughs> well, we would encourage you to work on your own home and not just walk down the street and pick out your neighbor's house without permission. But other than that, yeah, absolutely. If you have an interest in DIY, um, we're glad to have you come down and learn because maybe someday in the future you might buy a house and, and you'll learn, hey, I remember how to re-rope those windows when I looked at that old house and, and this house I bought now, it needs new window roping, um, for example. And so absolutely, anybody that's interested, uh, it's open to the public. Um to come and learn it, there's a fee for it, and we can talk about that a little bit later on. But it's very, very reasonable. And I would, I would, I would also say that you know, with some of these workshops, you can take what you learn because there's some just basic construction knowledge that you glean from it, and be able to incorporate that into any kind of DIY project that you would have going on in your house. If you want to do some sort of siding that's not vinyl, because vinyl is kind of ugly, but. <laughs> That's just coming from a guy that likes historic stuff. But, but Joel, is it still ugly if you wear a Velour laser shoot no, suit and no, gold chains? No, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all part of the package. That's right. So, <laughs> exactly. One makes the other look better. That's right. right? That's right. But, Joel, and you've been known to just walk down the street and remodel people's houses. Yeah, well, uh, yeah absolutely. Away, right? That's absolutely. Ripping off final siding. We call it commando, right. commando <laughs> siding <laughs> removal at that's night. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I, I love what you said in the in the huh. first segment, though. And it really struck home was the the character of a neighborhood that has vintage homes in it. And sometimes we we don't I mean I don't live in a vintage home, but it it helps me appreciate my effect on my neighborhood when I look at it through the lens of vintage homes. It's kind of a way of respecting the neighborhood. Um and the the vintage greenhouse my my question was was you don't have to live in a vintage home. No, absolutely to get not. You can, it just as we was mentioning, you can learn a lot of great skills no matter what you live in. Even in a newer home, if you've learned some skills on how to work on it, that's a good thing. Um, that you kind of understand how your house works better that way, I guess would be one way to say it. So that even if you have to hire the work done, one of the things I've told folks before is if you know how to do it, you know when the contractor is doing it right or at least have a better sense of how it should be done. Because that's what contractors love. Absolutely. Tell them they how to love, do it right. love to tell how to do it right. But if you have no clue, uh, you don't know what's going on. I love Joel. Joel almost knocked you out of your chair. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> we got really close to that. That's right. Joel, see the four hairs on the side of his beard straightened out and turned gray. <laughs> there are a few yeah. more from when we started. Yeah. But, but it's really not, they're not going to be half informed. I mean, what I'm picking no, up from no, Todd no, is that right. you're going to learn how to do the bathroom, and and you're going to you're going to know, and you're going to actually 
my my thought is they're going to know that you need to hire somebody sometimes. Well, no, and you know what? If somebody understands it, then they can appreciate a job done right. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> it's not that I haven't had enough people looking over my shoulder telling me how I should do it. But <laughs> you're in a family business, right? Joel? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Chris. Though I was going to ask you, where do you since you were with the you were involved with the Christmas the Frank Lloyd Wright mm-hmm. Christmas decoration thing. Mm-hmm. Um, does Frank Lloyd Wright fall into Indiana Landmark? Absolutely. We actually have an easement on the Frank Lloyd Wright house on West Washington Street uh, in South Bend. So, And what do you mean by that? It just is a way to protect the exterior so that as improvements are made over the years, it doesn't become not a Frank Lloyd Wright house anymore. So it, an easement is a way that we can watch over and just help guide uh, officially guide um, improvements to that property over time. Typically, new places is another one in South Bend. We have others as well. So, if you buy a house that's vintage, you, you're buying into an agreement. Sometimes, absolutely, not all of them, but sometimes we do have those. Um, but more, more importantly, is just kind of respecting the vintage, the, the style, whether it's interior or exterior. Kind of working with what the house is versus trying to make it what it's not. And we see that quite often where folks will buy a vintage property and then they want to make it all brand new. It's like, well, that's fine if that's your style, but then go buy a new house. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and sometimes I see folks complain, oh, it's so expensive to remodel these old houses. And most of the time I find that they're just trying to make the house something that it's not or trying to do things to it that really take away from the character. And if that's not your style, then maybe there's a different type of a property you should think about living in than a vintage property. And how does the vin- uh, the vintage greenhouse fit into the to the to that? What what sort of vintage house are we talking about here? Is it a specific period? I mean, did you find a house that encompasses, you know, what most people run into? Yeah, the vintage green, uh, the project house. It was we took about three years to find the right property because we didn't want one that somebody walked into and couldn't identify with. We wanted the right size house, so it's maybe three thousand square foot. It's a nice old Queen Anne, which is about eighteen ninety, nineteen ten ish. This one was built nineteen ten. It's got lots of really nice old woodwork in the inside, natural floors, big windows, and then a lot of tra- challenges that people have done things to it over the years that really are. <laughs> ill-advised and so we can (laughs) use those yeah that weren't done by quality contractors and so you know maybe there's a better way to seal up your windows than using two tubes of caulk in the pulley for example and and better ways to insulate than there are so it's it's a house that has many ills that we can use as a teaching learning lab uh so folks can see okay you're gonna insulate the sill and the foundation here's how you do it um let's not do it this other way so before we break, though, Todd, tell us how somebody could get in touch with you if they're interested in the Learning Lab. Uh, give us a little... Sure, Vintage Green's on our webpage. Uh, that's indianalandmarks.org, one word plural, indianalandmarks.org. Just type in Vintage Green in the search, and it'll pull up a calendar that will show you the lectures and the workshops that go through next June of uh, 2016. Lots of interesting projects going on in the vintage home world especially the Vintage Greenhouse Learning Lab uh, that's taking place right now, Todd, where you're showing people how to fix different things that might happen in a vintage home. And uh, you you were saying that you have some interior stuff going on now? Yeah, the idea of the Vintage Green project is to take a project from beginning to end. So we started out talking about 
how to work safely around hazardous materials and some myths and misconceptions about that. How do you identify asbestos? What about lead, et cetera? Uh, and then we've, we're moving the house through to its completion. So we'll deal with electrical and plumbing and HVAC and kitchens and bathrooms. And we'll be doing that through the winter since it's always easier to work inside in uh, February in, in this area. Yeah. So we started on the outside this year. We ripped off all the, the uh, vinyl siding. The house had vinyl on it. Uh, we were chatting about vinyl. And uh, so we were, we've spent two weekends and we've taken all the vinyl to to reveal the original wood siding on the outside. It actually had, had an intermediary siding on it. This house had vinyl. It had this, what we call Z-brick or asphalt brick siding from the 1920s on it. Uh, uh, and then it had the original clapper, which was really amazing because that means the house, which was built in 1910, uh, the outside wood siding was probably in the elements for about 20 years, and then it was covered over. So it is in remarkable condition. Uh, and so we're, we're, we've done some work now to repair that. Um, and and working through that and then moving into the interior. So is there any reason why that clapboard couldn't last, I mean, 100 years? You keep it painted, it'll last 100 years. Uh, and, and that's part of what the June workshop will be about on the 20th. We're going to be talking about how to get a long-lasting paint job because that's something that comes up. And a lot of times people just don't spend the time to do the prep. Mm -hmm. And then their paint job fails. And they're like, oh, you can't keep paint on old houses. Well... Most of the time, it goes back to the fact that they did that for whatever reason the prep wasn't done correctly, and you can't keep paint on it. There's other reasons as well. So, um, yeah, there's no reason. That's why we like this old wood. It's that old growth siding. The the it just lasts and lasts if you maintain it. So this house actually had two vintage sidings. On it, it did. Yeah, a lot of people like that 1920s uh, brick asphalt, but we wanted to get back to the original, so we took that off too. <laughs> so people actually do like that stuff? Absolutely. Like, yeah, some people do. I what do you think about that, off. Chris? <laughs> I haven't met him yet. <laughs> if Chris offers to buy you lunch and then you say you like that, yeah. he, he rescinds the offer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, you're you're thinking, uh, when we're thinking inside and, you know, I don't want people. It would it would bother me. It would hurt me, Joel, if Chris thought if I if people thought Chris was only about what is absolutely brand new. Oh, that's God. just not the case. No, 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 no. I I well, actually, when I was in design school, I did an internship with historic preservation because I have a a love for old old homes, old old buildings, vintage buildings. I mean, I, it links us to our past, and I hate to see them taken down this was web when i was a kid growing up in fort wayne there was a, a a beautiful home that was being demolished and it, there was all the it was a historic home uh it, there were many articles in the paper about the history of this house and i'm reading this as i was probably 10 and i thought what a what a loss to see something that for example they had a, in the master bathroom i guess they had like a 15 shower it was just unbelievable. <laughs> but all the detail that was in this house, it was pretty incredible. But to see it destroyed was heartbreaking to me. So the vintage green greenhouse might be something that is really, like, personal to you. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like, every, you know, your, your history, Todd, back when you were a kid. I mean, this, this for me, goes back to when I was a kid. Um, my grandparents lived in a Queen Anne, mm -hmm. and it was built in 1890 had the big wraparound porch. I mean, the doorknob was fascinating because it was the old hand with the bar mm. that you had to twist and it would go clink, clink. That was, you walked into this beautiful foyer that had the built-in coat rack and it was just, you just can't build that today. So now, Todd, is this is this Queen Anne similar to that? 
Yeah, it's a little more modest, and that's partly why we picked it. You can find a vintage character in any older house if you look for it and, and find it behind it. So some of them are grander, like you were talking about, which is great. Some of them are a little simpler. This one's a little more modest, but it has really nice fireplaces, really nice old uh, trim and woodwork, oak floors, uh, and big windows. And, and part of what we talk about on the on this workshop is kind of using the green that's already designed into these homes that you know these homes were designed to take advantage of the natural sunlight mm-hmm. the natural ventilation um often cited that way and so green is the new thing obviously sustainability and that's all good but we also grew tired of of seeing shows where they were just so over rehabbed that by the time you were done you couldn't tell it was an old house and in the name of sustainability and really you can balance those and that's what we're trying to do um, is find the vintage in all the properties, the character that matters, and then well, the, sus- make it- the the thing about it is, is sustainability at that point was, I mean, it was necessary, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was just how it was. So when you actually look back, a lot of the, a lot of the practices that are being put into place now were things that were practices a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. because it made sense to do it then. Yeah, the ornament um, was just. Everything had its place. The ornament was to decorate the the function, right? Yep. Instead of the way it is now, where ornamentation is just is not covering anything. It's just for the sake of orm- ornamentation. Right. Right. Is that is that so, Chris? Do you see that, or mm-hmm. where back then, you know, if you had vents, my brother's house was built in, I mean, a long, I mean, a hundred years ago, hundred ten years ago, I think, and he had this giant grate in the middle of his. Living room, right? I mean, you want to talk about unhandsome, <laughs> uh, but it was only unhandsome because the prior owners put carpet around it and covered up the original wood floor, and so this thing looked out of place, but very expensive to to replace. Mm-hmm. A lot cheaper to put carpet around it and try and dress it up. So the ornament was, they tried to ornament, make an ornament out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when my brother took the carpet out and restored the floor, it fit. It was. It became became beautiful works together Absolutely. and it was very intricate very mm-hmm. the you know the, it wasn't just a metal grate somebody knew that it was going to be in their living room and they put ornamentation on it right and it was very presentable um how do you work around that stuff chris do you, do you ever find when you go into an older house somebody's just taking things out of whack <laughs> no actually just the opposite oh yeah i mean the, the homes that i've been in that that uh have a client that lives on riverside um beautiful uh, craftsman style home and they've spent the last year restoring the interior um, and being very true to the actual interior I mean this house has the most beautiful quarter sawn oak uh, trim details the dining room is probably the most beautiful dining room I've ever seen with all the built-ins and the leaded glass and they were very careful to preserve what was already there not not disturb anything and anything that was done, they took out the. They did take out the um, um, radiator heat and put in forced air because an air conditioning and humidifier because the house was dry, right? And was affecting the uh, the interior mm-hmm. wood. But they were they were really careful to be true to the the um, interior and exterior. As a matter of fact, they took out uh, some things that had been added and took the house back to its original. Um, the original state with the way it was originally designed just like the vintage greenhouse but and off air you were talking about you're doing the kitchen and and the design of the kitchen and how that's working todd right so a lot of 
and it is personal preference, but obviously today a lot of folks like that open concept. Some folks don't, uh, and there's ways you can incorporate that sort of a look without destroying the character of the home if you do it wisely and kind of take an inventory of what, what makes the house special. Not every square inch of an old vintage house is special. Right. Um, so let's figure out those areas that just really don't mean a lot, don't disrupt the interior if you want to do something newer, which is fine. But let's do it with some some knowledge um if you want an open kitchen and so this one this kitchen in the house right now is just insane with its layout and needs some help um so we'll be learning from that and designing a newer kitchen that's we'll probably open it up to the dining room just because we can show how that's done and teach folks how that can be done but not everybody and chris you were mentioning not everybody wants that look right and some folks do want it back well i think you hit it on the head when you said it's a personal preference Mm -hmm. i mean and honestly the house has to function for the homeowner Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if somebody opens up the kitchen, the, the cool thing is that you could always put it back. You just have to put the wall back if you're going to redo the kitchen in the future. If somebody wants a smaller space kitchen and a formal dining room, that's fine. You just would have to spend some money to put the wall back. So it's making changes that are reversible, I guess, would be one thing to think about when you work on your older home so that when the next person comes along and they need to make some changes, it can be done but not have to completely restore the interior of the home because you've destroyed it previously. So reversibility is a big key for us. So if we open up this kitchen, somebody could put the wall back and close it in again in the future. The idea of the workshop is great because you're giving people some opportunity to think about what they're doing before they actually do it. And like you said, not every, I can remember my grandparents' kitchen was probably the most unattractive room in the house. Right. As a matter of fact, it was so, it was not, it was so cut out. They actually had the the pump. I remember as a kid for the water. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. That's how old Chris so, is. Yeah, so, so on that note, we're going to have to go to break. But when you said goodnight to, to John Boy Walton, did yeah. you directly to you? Uh, that was so you knew that. that coming, coming we're going to relive Chris's uh, house on the Walton's uh, estate. Uh, yeah. uh, but we're going to talk about um, how you can get involved with the, the Vintage Green Learning Laboratory. People walk away with that with information that they may not have had before they they started sounds like a, a really good program and joel you've been involved as one of the experts do i can i say the word expert <laughs> is that okay with you todd it's fine when we're right there to joel. absolutely <laughs> just making sure absolutely and so tell us a little bit about how did you guys work together on that project well, it's, uh, I mean, I, we are involved in just the hands-on part because there's two different parts is there's a lecture part and then there's the hands-on, uh, uh, I'm trying to, I so can't Joel, think. anyways, what, yeah. What you're so, telling me, what, what you're telling me is that they didn't, um, hire you to lecture. No, I'm not hired to lecture. Todd dodged a bullet. <laughs> yes. <Nice job>. Hands <laughs> on. Just, <laughs> just ask my kids. <laughs> the lectures can get pretty long winded. <laughs> But anyways, <laughs> no, yeah, so we're involved with the hands-on, uh, we've been involved with the wood siding part, how, how to change that uh, products today as opposed to yesterday, yesteryear, whatever. Um, what wood, what, what particular project did you work on? Well, for example, when we took off the vinyl siding, a lot of times when houses had siding put on the outside, um, the installers weren't so kind to some of the trim. Right. And so how do you repair that coming in with the right type and size of wood siding? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get in to make those repairs without destroying more of the outside? Um, and Which is really important. It's, it's very important uh, not to make more work than you have to, I guess. 
So those sorts of things are really right. helpful. And, right. and you may not have all the, the carpentry and the skills, but seeing it done um, and kind of experiencing, like I said, making the, making the uh, uh, mistakes on ours uh, so that you don't do it on your own right. home. Uh, so hands-on very much so uh, getting in there, showing how to swap out some siding, right. uh, et cetera. So, Get an opportunity to, to actually do the work. Right. Yes, absolutely. I can't help but think what's going to happen to this house when it's perfect. It's going to get sold to a new homeowner, and we'll move on to another project. <laughs> That's the that idea. That's pretty cool. We sell yeah. it. We'll, we'll put those dollars into another another project, and it just we're looking at a property right now in in the near northwest side that might be another good project house in the future. So, you know, there's really no reason for us not to take the opportunity to do a workshop on a house. If we're doing a project, we can bring folks in to learn while we're doing that, and that just it's a it's a win for both sides, and it helps out. Uh, in June on the twentieth. The, the topic uh, on that Saturday hands-on is 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 siding, uh, painting, how to get a good paint job uh, on that. And again, it's hands-on, so we'll take some time to talk about how you do prep and that sort of thing, and then we're going to get you involved to, to do a paint uh, job on that. And the folks doing that um, from textbook painting, actually, uh, are on site this week uh, in May to teach their contractors how to do a good job. So it's it's many layers where contractors are learning how to do the right thing, Homeowners can learn how to do the right thing, and in, in June uh, they're going to teach homeowners how to, to go about doing an exterior paint job uh, and, and doing that on our property. And then moving through the year, uh, different types of topic each month, and each Saturday of, of that month is a different type of thing. So we'll go into landscaping, we'll go into looking at your house on the outside for the winter, and then moving into the interior uh, demolition, how to do that, which is really fun. You can come help do that, <laughs> destroy our walls, um, and then wiring and plumbing all that through the winter. So not only inside but landscaping. It's, so, tell me what vintage landscaping means. <laughs> well, it's vintage green, and so we're going to be looking at landscaping that takes less uh, maintenance to it, less lands, um, water, etc. But maybe harkening back to some of the uh, more traditional perennials that are out there, so your garden continues to refresh itself and not have to do new annuals every year, for example. So it's really balancing traditional types of gardening and landscaping with the with the sustainability side of 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 that side of uh, the exterior. So this is measured twice, and we're talking about vintage homes with Todd Zeiger from Indiana Landmarks, and the the amount of experts that you have access to just is starting to blow my mind because I didn't even think about vintage landscaping. So that means you have landscapers that are into it, the painters, the Joels of the world, the Chris's of the world, helping in in this project. And Indiana Indiana Landmarks um, seems to be a really interesting collection of people that are share some interests which is pretty cool to have around how would you get involved can you tell us a little bit about how, if i'm listening to this and i i want to get involved tell us how to how to do that what does it mean indianalandmarks.org is the best way to go that's our website indianalandmarks one word plural dot org uh there's a link to our membership it's really affordable 35 40 bucks to join as a member we'd love to have you be a member and we do a discount for memberships for members on our workshops so if it's 35 for the general public for these workshops it's 25 for our members and many things are free uh for our members to come to so indianalandmarks.org uh like most places uh, just go online link for our membership type in vintage green in the search box it'll pull up the whole calendar for the next give you a link for the next 12 months of workshops uh, and also contact information. Uh, my office uh, in South Bend um, is 
uh, available for consultation or questions or help with registration. We do ask for registrations. We limit the workshops because it, to do hands-on, you can't do it with 100 people. Uh, we've learned that. Uh, You're not like a pharaoh. The, the people 75 through 100, they don't get a lot of time with the, with the hammer. So we do limit them for to 25 to 30, depending on what we're doing, just so that we make sure folks have a good experience. We've just learned over the years it's best to hands-on. It, it, 25 folks is about maximum. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, going to our website uh, is really the best way to, to tie in with that, and uh, we're glad to help you out as, as you become a member. You want to you kind of talk, too, about... What are some of the other things that come along with membership? Sure. We do a magazine every other month, the Indiana Preservationist. Um, so that comes out to our members. We do an e-letter, which is free if you want to be uh, learn about upcoming workshops and tours. We do a lot of tours of properties that you can't get into otherwise. So if you give us our, our your email, we'll sign you up for our e-letter. Um, discounts for the tours, et cetera, come with membership. Um, and, you know, just kind of just generally being connected with kindred spirits as folks, other people that are, uh, into these old places, these vintage places. Uh, uh, you're not the only crazy one out there. <laughs> you're not alone. You're That's not right. alone. <laughs> Is it like a group? You're like, hi. Yeah. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Program. <laughs> I, I love vintage. I homes. put vinyl on my siding one time. I'm sorry. I put vinyl siding on my house one time, but I recovered. <laughs> vinyl is great for a Rolling Stones album, but probably yeah. not for the outside of your house. Although, vinyl, you know, I mean, it, it has it, it has, has its place. place. It has its place, and there will be a time when that's vintage, too. <laughs> that's when I'll retire. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we were taking the siding off the vintage greenhouse, and people kept going by, man, you're making it look worse. I'm like, no, we're making it look better, getting all, this, all the character back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the funny thing is, is that we need, um, we need junkies who are into this. Mm-hmm. We need people who are addicted to this restoration so that character exists. I know from living in Phoenix for a few years that – what sprawl looks like and you know you couldn't be an alcoholic in my neighborhood you'd go to your neighbor's house because it looked just like your house the only difference between their house and my house was one number on the end of the of the address Mm -hmm. um and i think the vintage the vintage world took care of that because you didn't build a house based on your neighbors you know you built it based on what you liked and what you needed and right the, the sustainability that it took um, and I think that's quite remarkable. Uh, you know, when some people think of vintage homes, they might think drafty. Mm. But that's not the case. You're you're eliminating that. That's um, the goal, right? They don't have to be. And, and sometimes it's just badly designed heating systems or things that people have made changes over the years that were maybe well-intentioned but didn't work quite right. So you don't have to live it like that. Right. It's about bringing it to where it needs to be right. to be functional today. And the green aspect is amazing. Again, your website... Um, is Indiana Landmarks, plural, indianalandmarks.org. And, uh, Todd, we have to thank you for being here. We have to. We're required to thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. That's the C-Rules. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> We're all thanked. Uh, Chris is going to thank John Boy, the house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he learned a lot about Chris today. But, Chris, when uh, just the, the food for thought for today, though, is still personal preference. And we always like to bring it back to custom. And there's nothing more custom than vintage because it had to be, right? Mm-hmm. You, you had to build it in your environment. Yep. Um, Joel, are you uh, going to be working with that Indiana Landmarks into the future? Some oh, absolutely. We're excited about our uh, relationship and uh, being members and a part of what's going on. I mean, I look forward to the magazine that comes out. And I, I mean, the tours, I've got plans to do a couple of those this summer. 
uh, you know, my I will take my kids grudgingly, I'm sure, but they're going to go and they'll enjoy it too. As perpetuating. <laughs> That's right. I'm, the, I'm just ingraining it into the next generation. That's Todd, you're in, high, you're in high company here because he rejects Architectural Digest, <laughs> but, but accepts I still, Indiana Landmarks. I still subscribe. <laughs> Please get involved with Indiana Landmarks however you can. Check out the Vintage Greenhouse um, and... If you have any questions for the show, naturally, you can email us, questions at mtwiceshow.com. Uh, you've been listening to Measure Twice with Chris Kramer with C. Kramer Interiors, Joel Graber from Graber Customer Modeling. Today's special guest, Todd, thanks for being here, Todd Thank Zyger. You. And I am Rob Perugini. This was Measure Twice. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.